Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 432. Just know that anything is possible. It all starts with you. You know, again, my motto, if it's to be, it's up to me. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, David Beatty. David, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. Mark, Hans device in place, and uh, we're ready for the trip. All right. Well, I sure hope we don't need that Hans device. I'll do my best to keep it on track. And track is the operative word here today. David Beattie is the founder of Slot Mods USA. He and his team are dedicated to creating the finest handcrafted slot car raceways and dioramas in the world. From vintage to modern day circuits, from any type of vehicle, from racing cars to tractor trailers to snowmobiles and more, their bespoke handcrafted 132nd scale cars are fully functional wooden slot track raceways. Their work is enjoyed around the world in private homes, ultimate garages, museums, commercial trade shows and showrooms, and I'll tell you, I have had the pleasure of playing with one of the slot mod tracks at the LeMay Museum here in the Pacific Northwest, and it is absolutely spectacular. So David, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and of course, your passion for automobiles and playing with little cars? Sure, and thanks for that introduction, Mark. It makes me want to be that guy you just introduced. <laughs> Well, I think you're there. Don't worry. <laughs> well, thank you. It's It's been uh, a, quite a journey, you know, getting into the custom slot car business. Um, you know, most of my life being here, uh, growing up in the Motor City, I've been around cars and such like that. And my father worked in the automotive industry. So as growing up as a child, being around the Motor City and cars and, you know, watching the races on TV, it was always an interest of mine and a passion. And so my business life, I was never really into the automotive world. I was more in the graphics and the creative part. But now, you know, as the path took me on the journey um, and my love of racing kind of grew up through slot cars and I was able to, you know, kind of um, found this company. It came out of, uh, let's just say, forks in the road that you got to take sometimes. Right. And luckily this one here, 
is working out for me, and I can't imagine doing anything else. Well, I think we're going to learn a little bit more about some of those forks in the road as we move through my questions, but it, it's really a spectacular story. I watched a great video, and we'll talk about that a little later as well, titled Painting Coconuts, I believe, and we'll leave that little clue for our listeners as we move through the questions. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, David, instead of take the wheel, take the controller. (laughs) Sure. Um, Well, for me, if it's to be, it's up to me, and that's my motto and my quote that I live by. And I get that from, you know, in the world today and in being creative, a lot of people want to direct you and take you down certain paths. And I stuck true to my course, and it sounds like we're all talking about racing and driving things, but really staying true to me. And so I thought to myself, if I really want to do this and create these custom slot car raceways, it's really up to me. And if it's to be, it is up to me. I can press upon people enough not to count on others to fulfill your dreams. You really get a network with those who share the same passions and beliefs And, you know, at the end of the day, I build these tracks as if if they were for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great mantra. It's a great quote. It's the first time I've heard that one, and I really love it. And it's so important for folks out there in any aspect of life is don't sit around and wait for someone else to take you down a path. You've got to choose your path. You've got to pull up your pants every morning and get out there and make it happen. It's a really great one. I love it. Now, you talked about growing up in Motor City, which is pretty darn cool, but is there a pivotal point in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? Uh, Yes. I was about uh, 10 years old, and at the time, my brother Leo was working for McLaren Racing, the Can-Am series, Mm -hmm. and they were traveling back from Road America because McLaren is based just outside of Detroit in Livonia, and on the back of the car hauler, they had this orange car that was uncovered and we came out and at the time I really wasn't familiar with McLaren racing I was just excited that my brother had worked for this team and you know he was out there and uh, he was my older brother and I came around and on the back of the car was Peter Repson's car wow and it was you know and at the time I couldn't grasp the whole you know like this Can-Am car that fortunately enough I was able to see in Bob Mackey's you know, garage two years ago as it was getting prepared to be auctioned off. I believe it was last year. Mm-hmm. And But back then, seeing that car, it, it really inspired me because my brother left wheels, or should I say tires, at the house that were burned down, you know, and we used to roll them around in the garage and everything <laughs> like that. And it was like, it was really cool because they were, they were monstrous tires and we could barely lift them. Yeah. And, I, and I can think back of the day where my dad said, we got to clean the garage and we ended up putting them to the road, in which right now I would, you know, die to have them sitting in the corner of my office. Oh, yeah. So I would say that was a pivotal moment, but to add to the spice of that that really got me onto it was when I was a young boy and I went and saw the movie Le Mans with Steve McQueen. Mm. Sitting in the theater, hearing those cars roar on the big screen, I just loved it. And that right then, you know, I started watching more races. We always watched, you know, the NASCAR racing, and we watched Formula One, and, you know, just trying to absorb much of the racing as possible. 
and, and not doing a whole lot of slot car racing. More we we're doing more of the Hot Wheels, and you know we even enjoyed the you know the pump up Evil Knievel and oh yeah in, in the living room <laughs> and just anything that you know involved speed, you know mini bikes and building go karts, just being crazy adolescents, but um, embracing watching Bullet over and over for the chase scene. <laughs> oh yeah. All the stuff I believe uh, you know most of the listeners can identify with. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know it must have been amazing. You think back standing there looking at Peter Revson's Can-Am car, what a moment and an impact that it had on you. I would imagine as a little boy, you had no idea that many years later you'd be playing with little race cars and building the most amazing slot car tracks in the world. And they really are. I have to tell our listeners. When you go to Slot Mods USA website and check out the builds, you will be blown away. Very cool story. I love it. David, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and get our hands a little dirty, crawl under the hood, and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome it, how did you come out of it, and what did it teach you? Well, in 2008, when the economy turned, I had lost my job, and I had a very nice, cushy job, salary. I had a corner office and such, had people working under me, and found out, like, within two weeks, I was going to be losing my job. At the time, my wife was going to school to be a doctor, and I had a three-year-old daughter, and not much left in the savings. So... I said to myself, what am I going to do? And at the time, I was slot car racing in the basement. I had built myself a 20 by 26 lane slot car track, and you know that was my relief from my real job. Mm-hmm. So I'd come and escape into this world, and it really took me, you know, it helped me relax and such. And I started thinking, you know, how can I, what can I do? Because people weren't hiring 48-year-old operations managers at the time. Mm-hmm. So... I had thought about, you know, creating these do-it-yourself slot car tracks. And, you know, my wife said, well, you know, I don't know. Do you think it's going to work? And I said, well, there's got to be people out there who want to uh, re-engage this as they did when they were younger. And I can't be the only guy out there who wants a custom track because I was going online and trying to find them, and all I could find was a commercial plastic brand. Right. So I said, I'm going to start this company, and and I called it Slot Mods USA. And the key word is, you know, people say, what does mods mean? Well, the original objective was to make modular raceways that you could put together and take apart and put them up, but the quality would be far better than anything that you could buy from the store. Okay. So I, you know, was scratching my head, what am I going to do? And so what I ended up doing is, um, you know, she said, you know, I believe what you're doing. And I had somewhat of a business plan, but it's kind of like scratching directions on the back of a napkin, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, here's where we're going to go. And you know, we're in big boys eating apple pie, and we're going to go down the road, and we'll get to where we're going. <laughs> right. So I made a design, and I'd gone to a uh, hobby shop and asked the owner if I could set up one of these kits in the corner, and he said yes. And they were a, a four-piece track you could put together. It was $729, and you did it yourself. Well, I only sold one, and it was a very humbling experience because I had gone there for like two and a half months, you know, on the weekends and during the week with my daughter, and she sat at the end of the track and put cars back on for me. Yeah. And a gentleman had co- had come in and said, "Hey, you know, um, I'm interested in a track, and I-, I saw your picture on one of the local um, websites." And he goes, "Can I come by your house?" And I said, "Sure." So he came over and he goes, "Wow, this is nice. Can you build one for me?" Mm. And I said, "Yes." So that kind of was the start, and you know, touch on. I think we'll talk about a little bit more later. Is that's when the light bulb 
started to go off, you know, in like, wow, wait a minute, maybe these modulars isn't what the market is. Maybe it's these, you know, mega tracks that I'm building in my basement. So with the company, what, the, the problem was I was out of work. I couldn't get a loan. I was burning through my savings and everything. And what happened was a, a kind of a turning point was I had the opportunity to go to Pebble Beach. And there had been a story ran on me in um, a, a magazine called Garage Style that featured, you know, what I was doing, you know, through the world of Facebook, Pebble Beach, you know, said, hey, we'd like you to come out. If you could build a Pebble Beach Raceway, that would be great. We'll auction it off. You know, it's, uh, we're celebrating Phil Hill this year. And I said, sure, great. Yeah, I'll be there. Hung up the phone and I'm like, how am I going to get there? I have no money. <laughs> yeah. So, how do I you know, do this? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I didn't have a big enough hole to go siphon gas. You know, it's one of those kinds of situations. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I understand. I, so um, I went to a friend and I said, you know, will you please loan me $10,000? I've got this opportunity to go to Pebble Beach. And um, he said, sure. So a gentleman who was working for me, together we built Beach Raceway. And we went out there with $10,000. I stayed in Salinas in this hotel room that reminded me, like, kind of when, uh, um, you know, someone gets out of jail, they give him $50 and say, here's your room for the week. <laughs> the bed bug in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, well, what is this? But it turned out to be a really great experience because as hard as we worked for, we worked eight weeks in a building with no air conditioning, it averaged 95 to 100 degrees. Uh. And through doing that and, you know, out of that and reaching out to Tom Abrams with Reliable and saying, can you help me get this track out to Pebble Beach? He said, sure, David, I heard about you. You're the slot car guy. I'll transport it out there and I'll also order a track from you. So there wow. was like kind of this, I'll call it a collision of really great things happening where I was borrowing money, then I was trying to get to a place a gentleman was placing an order, took my track out there, and then while I was out there in the uh, retro auto mm -hmm. uh, booth, yeah, yeah. Jay Leno had come into the tent and came over, and he loved what I did, and I ended up shooting a segment for Jay Leno's Garage. Wow, so, yeah. You know, through all the tough times that were going up leading to that, because I really couldn't see around the next turn, mm -hmm. a lot of good things came out of it, which kind of laid the foundation to bringing me, you know, four or five years forward to where I am now. Your story is, is so awesome in so many ways because it's a lot of what Cars yeah was based on is people who figured out a way to wrap their passion around their, their vocation. And the fact that you had to do this massive pivot after a job loss, being in the situation where financially, wife going to medical school, young daughter, I'm on, all the stars were not aligned. But, and Don Weberg from Garage Style Magazine has been a guest here on the show. So the fact that he ran, I hope you send him a check every year, at least a new subscription <laughs> to his magazine. To say thanks. Don's a great guy. Yeah, thank you, Don. So, uh, wow, what an awesome story. Well, you touched a little bit on an aha moment there that I'd like to go into next. And I like to say it's a, a point where we shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum, that aha moment that really uh, had the lights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea you had for slot mods. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the, the aha moment came pretty much when the gentleman who had come to my house to order a track, because my research into slot mods and then going beyond, you know, to build these um, what I call interactive works of art because you can look at them, but then you get to play with them. Mm -hmm. And I always remembered as a child, you know, going to the Henry Ford Museum and the Detroit Museum and seeing the trains. And all you could do is watch them go around. 
Now, I was thinking, I didn't grow up riding on the rails. I grew up in the Motor City, you know, where you could hear guys doing burnouts and see them doing them on your street, you know. And, yeah. you know, it was it was racing. You know, there was Chargers, there was Cudas, you know, Camaros, Mustangs. There, there was all these cars. And I thought, in looking through these magazines, that I saw that there were people paying people to make custom railroad tracks for their homes. And I thought, okay, if people are doing that, these, and I would say that a, a generation or two ahead of us, that there's got to be a guy just like me who would like to have custom raceways for right. their home oh, and, yeah. and such. Yeah. That was the uh, the aha moment, and and that's when I started to really kind of push that, you know, I believe in this. And that was it. Is this gentleman coming over to my house, commissioning to make a track for his five-car garage, and that's when I went, aha. And <laughs> I said, I'm no longer making $729 tracks. And then, you know, on my return from Pebble Beach, uh, Jim Farley with Ford Motor at the time commissioned me to make Laguna Seca for his basement. So the aha moment was now being reinforced with these orders coming from people of my generation Yeah. and, and such. So it was really that time and, and then that's when I, I was all in, you know, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> the yeah. balls to the wall and, you know, foot to the pedal and uh, just, you know, strapped myself in and uh, the ride's been good, you know, and there's been some times where, you know, just to kind of keep, you know, talk in the racing world that, you know, I've been rubbed against the wall and Rubin's racing and I have spun out, but I've gotten back and in, yeah. you know, and, and retuned and, and tried to look at things a different way and, still doing that today uh as like with any race car driver team owner you know roger penske is a big influence the gentleman's been so successful and he you know and you just keep going forward you can't rest on your laurels right ah wonderful story i love so much of everything <laughs> about what we're sharing here today really appreciate it how about proudest career moments i would assume you've had many but is there one in particular that really stands out for you you know it's funny because there has been a lot of great things over the last you know five years, but, uh, you know, one of the things is being able to share my love of the hobby with a lot of special people, you know, across America and around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, when my story broke from doing Painting Coconuts, the project for Audi, that was a very, um, you know, proud moment for me, for me because we worked together with an agency in developing, you know, iPad-controlled slot car track that debuted up in Toronto on a street corner for two weeks, and I was allowed to take my daughter and my wife up there to experience what was going on. And, you know, and it's, it touches on some from the video though, but a lot of times I'm away and they don't get to see all the smiling faces and the people's reactions. Like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. Right. And they actually get to race it instead of just watching things go around. So it's that proud moments. And then, you know, as early as last October, being on the Today Show and showing one of my tracks that was available in Neiman Marcus as a fantasy gift where he builds you this mega track for $300,000 and I'd bring David Hobbs and Vic Alford over to race at your house with you. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, so, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, being featured on Jay's show and, and, and becoming friends with Jay Leno and being able to go out and see his collection in a very casual way. And uh, he, he's a very, very nice gentleman. And there's the side of Jay that everyone sees on TV, and he's the car guy, and he, you know, he said something funny to me. He said, Dave, if it's car related, I'll do anything for you, but I'm not going to get your kid a TV show or anything like that. And I said, Jay, <laughs> you know, that's fair enough. Yeah. And so there's, there's been a lot of highlights, um, you know, the, the press, the media, cars, yeah, asking me to be on their show. This is, you know, there's, there's these highlights yeah. that just keep going on. And, you know, I hang up today and we, I'll be on Facebook. Hey, look for me, you know, once we nail the date down. 
hey, check me out, check me out. So there's still, I think, plenty of surprises ahead, but there's been a lot of great moments to share block car racing and to come back to the racing and to be at shows where we have a track on display and see all the ages come and say, oh my God, I remember doing this when I was a kid and hearing the thousands of stories that there was a track down on the corner and geez, I didn't know slot car racing still existed and what have you done here? Because one thing that was really cool is I was at Pebble Beach and this very elderly, elderly lady came up and she said, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> now we're surrounded by cars all across the concourse, you know? That is and, quite a statement. And, yeah, and I think it brings out the child in a lot of us in, in your imagination, and, and it's really a, a, it's a way to escape. And I don't mean to make it sound like slot car racing is the ultimate thing, but I think we all can escape in the hobbies and the passions that we love and can appreciate what other people do. Yes, absolutely. And I'll make sure, you know, the listeners, we're going to have links to not only your website, but also that painting coconuts video that we keep referring to because it's really worth a watch it's great fun and i'll make sure that i I share it on the uh, cars yeah facebook page as well let's have a little bit of fun here what was your first really special car maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle my first special car would be and uh ralph nader's not gonna like it but i had the 1966 corvair oh cool convertible nice and uh I loved it. Um, it was it was a fun car. You know, the the tail end would swing around. It went around a turn too fast, and there was gravel. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I just loved it. It was a, kind of it was my first car and first dating, and you know, it had red interior. It was white, and uh, the one thing about the car, and I don't know if it was just I'm not I'm really not a mechanic, but I, I kept a, you know a handful of clutch cables in the glove box because they always <laughs> seemed to snap. Yep. So. I don't know if that was just part of the car, but um, I just accepted it, and you know, I'd get out and I could change it in like five minutes. But it was it was really a lot of fun, and uh, I really loved the car. And I collected a couple others just for parts and you know spares and stuff like that. And, and to this day, my brother Dean, um, who's a big car enthusiast, whenever there's a Corvair for sale, he'll always send me a link. Hey Dave, look at this. Right now, I'm just you know I'm not really not collecting. But, uh, you know, the Corvair was really a special car. Then I had a 69 Nova, and all it did was blue oil. When I went down the street, you'd think <laughs> I was laying down a fog machine. But, you know, I was in high school, and anything, with you know, that would roll that yeah. you could put your friends in, you know, was a lot of fun. And after that car, I, I kind of fell in love with Volkswagen Scirocco's. I had, had over three of them from the late 70s and into the early 80s. Nice. And then, yeah, you know, I, I didn't get too much into the hot rod. I'm, I'm a twin. My pre, I have a twin. My brother's name is Dean, and mm-hmm. he's the guy who had the really cool car. So it's kind of funny because he had, <laughs> you know, he had Chargers and he had a Cuda and he had a Mustang and, you know, he had all these. Like, and you had a Corvair. <laughs> yeah, I had a Corvair. And I guess I was more chasing the ladies, but he was more the, you know, the mechanic and all his friends had these hot rods. And I just remember they were really cool cars. Sure. That's what I kind of grew up with. And uh, I actually had a, my cousin, uh, Tony Lomnitz, used to race at Detroit Mo- Motor City Raceway. So we'd go there as well. And so I don't mean to jump around stories, but kind of triggering memories here. <laughs> but, um, you know, right now I'm a family man and, you know, um, you know, I drive a Range Rover and take my daughter to school and I just try to be safe. And, you know, but there's, um, there's, there's some cars that I want, and I, you know, we can talk about that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You talk about Chiracos. The first brand-new car I ever had was a 79 Chiraco, and I uh, really love that car. It was really great fun. How about a vehicle that you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Oh, okay, uh, 1970 Datsun 510. 
Oh, a 510. Ah, Brock. <laughs> Peter Brock is listening. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, you know, Pete's a nice guy, and I've, I've actually gotten to speak with him. So that's kind of the purse of what I do. But I was, um, I have a cottage up in the UP here in Michigan, the Upper Peninsula. And I was driving, we were driving back, and on the side of the road was a Datsun 510 painted up in the Brie colors. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I pulled over and I said, for sale. And I, I'm like, you know, I'm nine hours away from my home. So I, I told the gentleman, I'll take it. I called Tom Abrams. And I said, hey, do you got any reliable trucks up here? And he said, sure. So they scooped it up the next day, and we got the, the car down here to my shop. And uh, I had it back, and it was going to be a project car. It needed work, but we used to you know, race around here in the industrial park in it. And a young kid came in and said, you know, my dad used to race these in Arizona. And I'm sorry, my grandfather. And he would love this car. So he brought his grandfather down, and they were looking at it. And I could see in his eyes that he loved it more than me right? because he, he had the memories of it, and I didn't. I had the, like, watching, um, what was the, the longest Sunday or any given Sunday? It's about Johnny Morton racing the 510. Oh, okay, um, okay. In a foul uh, race season. And you get to see Alfa Romeo's, you know, it, it, it's it's a great little movie to, to, to see, and the 510s are racing around. So I just love the car. You know, I've got die-cast models of it. I don't have a slot car of it, but I had it in back, and the gentleman came in, and I, he said, you know, will you sell it? And I said, sure, and I took what I paid for it. And since then, they've come back and shown it to me, and it looks awesome. They did more to it than I would have probably ever had time to, uh-huh. but as of today, I'm keeping my eye out for a, a 510 that's ready to jump in and drive that's in the Brie colors. And uh, <laughs> Hopefully I can be successful enough that... I just had Peter Brock and his team out there put one together for me. Well, that'd be the way to do it. Yeah, Peter's been a a guest here on the show and a great guy. And I know Adam Carolla's got one of his cars, I believe, that he races vintage racing. So, uh, yeah, I see that in your future. How about current projects? What are you guys working on today that really has you excited and fired up? Well, today it's kind of like putting out the next model. You know, what can we do that separates us from the last project that we've done? You know, most recently we did a, a, a mega build for a gentleman who had a garage that his collection, he had over 70 Shelby Mustangs. I can't give his name, <laughs> but... Uh, I'm just envisioning that garage. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's actually the size of a football field. Wow. And, you, and, and I'm not just saying that because, Mark, I've been blessed to be able to have been in many private collections over the past five years, mm-hmm. and I've seen many race cars, vintage cars, one-of-a-kind cars, I mean, Leno's collection and such. And when I walked into this gentleman's space and saw the Shelbys, the Mustangs, the GT40s, and everything is period correct, the numbers. I mean, I didn't realize when I was going that I'd have my head under 100 hoods, but, you know, it was a learning experience, and it was incredible. And we delivered the track, and he was very happy. Mm -hmm. But what I'm very excited about now is about a year ago, you know, I had come off of just another big build, and I said, you know, these big builds are great, but I, I really get emotionally attached to them. After I deliver them, I feel like I gave a baby away or something. <laughs> and I, I really, I, I think a lot of artists and people feel that when they, like a custom car, you build that and you put, you know, six months into it, then you sell it. Right. You know, sure, you get the money and everything, but then there's a piece of you that is gone. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, happens with me. So what I've done is I've, de- I've developed this new track system, and it, and it really takes it back to the roots of the company, where it is a, a true modular raceway. And they're called the Club Series Raceways, and I'm going to be launching them in January. Nice. And they're one of the finest 
slot car track systems, I believe, on the market. And there's no scenery. These are just straight up, imagine you're a kid and you're on your floor playing on a plastic track. Mm-hmm. And let's say Samantha from Bewitch came in and twiggled her nose. And then, <laughs> bling, the, the track of your dreams is there. And these are you know flat track racing systems, but the fit, the finish is, is just incredible. It's funny because it's like I, I want to boast about them, but you know they're 15-ply birch, they're automotive painted, they're triple clear-coated. It takes one tool to put them all together. There's no complex wiring, and I call them the latest in analog technology. Nice. Because I'm taking old technology and utilizing it, and I'm not, you know, I have nothing against digital, but I want people to be able to just plug in and race and have fun. Yeah. And all you, you need is, you know, a finger. you know and you just pull the trigger and so this project right now with the club series i'm going to be releasing this four by 16 foot track three lanes with crossovers and squeeze sections so it's a very challenging racetrack and it provides hours and hours of fun and i'll be releasing models one called the enzo where it's got red legs and you know red and yellow color combinations and the spider and the brit which is green and yellow and so it's very exciting. I wish I could show you more or tell you more about it, but um, once it's released, I think it'll be very popular. Yeah. Well, this show, uh, we're recording, of course, the week before Christmas here, but the show releases uh, late in January. So by then, we'll be at the end of January, and, and our listeners can go to your website and check this out and, and order one for themselves. Very exciting. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, David. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Hmm. Well, I'd have to say... A 917. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, and I know that 917s are, are, you know, very, have been very popular in the past, you know, two years with Rent Sport and all kinds of things. But it's the car that I saw during the movie, you know, Lamar with Steve McQueen. Yeah. And the endurance. And I feel like what I've been through since losing my job and in founding slot mods that I've had to bend in this Le Mans race that's, you know, for the 24 <laughs> hours. It's going to probably be 24 years. Grueling. And, Yes, you know, and, and along the journey, you know, I'm pulling in the pit stops and putting tape on the headlight covers and just trying to take care of myself mm-hmm. and to be that strong car that's kind of everlasting and also iconic. Yeah. So I would say that's the car I'd want to be, mm-hmm. cool. if, if I'm answering your question. Yeah, I um, think, uh, well, that's fine. You can answer it that way as well. I, it's an awesome car, of course, iconic. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's very fitting with what you're doing with some of your tracks being more vintage-related, although you can have modern cars, of course, on your tracks as well. But uh, I like that. I like it. The 917 is one of my favorites as well. So, David, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal or the controller to the finger, in your case, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPIC. 
Okay, David, we're back and we're ending the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Quality overlooks because you can always you can always add the upgrades, maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success in building slot mods? Um, a personal habit, you know, I guess you can call it a habit, is just truly believing in what I can do and, and going back to, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. But in doing that, realizing that what I do would not be possible with the people without the people who are supporting me, you know, my employees who, you know, I empower them to be who they are and utilize the skills and tools that they bring to the table. And it's kind of a, a mixture and you know, special ingredients of people and talents that we're able to turn out these slot mods tracks. You know, in any kind of creative business, you have egos and to, and to deal with. And they do a great job of dealing with mine. <laughs> but they they understand, that you know, my passion and that we want to make the best thing possible. And we need to build these as if we were, it was the last track we were going to build and it was for ourselves. Perfect, yeah. Uh, oh, so important. I always say we, we are the culmination of the people that we surround ourselves with. And uh, just like if you're a kid, if you hang out with the wrong folks, that's kind of the way you're going to end up. So yes. pick people who are better than you that you can aspire to be like. So it's a good way to go through life. How about a resource? Yeah. I know there's a lot of them out there, but is there one in particular you'd like to share with the Cars Yow listeners? Well, a great resource for me or for the public, number one would be uh, slotmods.com if you're interested in what we're all about, and I'm sure at this point a lot of you are. But there is a small magazine out there called Model Car Racing, um, which is published, and you can find that online. And they, they tell you all about like the latest slot cars and how to make your own track do-it-yourself and cartooning tips. And uh, it's really a great magazine and that I wish would get more exposure but that is a place that, you know, I go to, um, you know, as far as other slot car advice, there's some sites out there like Electric uh, Professor Motor, which would really have, you know, which would allow gentlemen to go and look and get lost in their childhood because they have all <laughs> kinds of slot cars and tracks and pictures. There you go. And how about a book? Is there one book in particular you think our listeners would enjoy reading? The Slot Car Bible. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it does exist, and uh, the gentleman's name Robert Schleicher, and it's called the Slot Car Bible, and it has the history of slot car racing. Cool. Um, there is another book that's going to be coming out. Um, Philip Philippe uh, Despinay is um, producing one, and uh, Philippe is uh, a former uh, motorcycle racer, uh, cafe racer, but he's also a slot car custom maker and enthusiast, and uh, he's going to be having a book coming out, and he also manages the Los Angeles Slot Car Museum. Yeah. That is in Los Angeles, and you can Google that and go see, go there and see all kinds of vintage slot cars. And uh, he's got a really great thing going on. Very cool. I love it. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources David has been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com slash David Beatty, and his last name is spelled B-E-A-T-T-I-E. All right, David, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have oh. only one collector car in your garage but don't worry about the price because as i told our listeners we're recording this a week before christmas so i'm going to put my santa claus hat on and buy you whatever car you'd like in the world what would that one vehicle be and why i'd have to say the 917 uh, um, i kind of thought you'd it, say that <laughs> yeah i mean it was a car from the movie that really 
interestingly settled me into the, my love of racing and still that love of racing. After seeing that movie, I, I wanted to see it again. And then seeing the movie Grand Prix, James Garner. But I would have to say the 917 really sticks with me. And in, in going any further, if people go to you know Slot Mod's uh, YouTube channel, you'll see that I had taken a full-size 917 car and converted it that you push the key fob it opens and there's a mini lamal raceway inside of it um <laughs> cool. so you know i you know i'm not just saying i love 917s i built one before i even had it sold and i was fortunate enough to a uh, gentleman who purchased it and it also became the gift of the year for hamaker schlemmer wow. it was also featured in sports illustrated so the the car my love for it, it has done me well yeah absolutely it's wonderful i I'm going to be having uh, Chad McQueen as a guest here on Cars Yeah coming this year, and I just watched. Oh, yeah, I just watched the documentary on uh, his father's movie, the making of it, and all the trials and tribulations that went into that film and the challenges that they ran up against. But uh, yeah, definitely that movie as a childhood thing for me uh, certainly affected me as well. Wonderful film, David. You have taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and. I wish we were doing this at your shop and we were playing with cars, but I'm going to come visit you someday and do that, so we'll have yes. some fun. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and how you've built this company. It's absolutely a fantastic story, perfect for cars, yeah, and for those entrepreneurial listeners out there that wish they could wrap their passion for cars into their vocations. Listen to David's story. He did it. You can do it, too. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the track in your Porsche 917? Sure. I mean, I think the best thing to do uh, is to find your passion, be it slot cars or trimming bonsai trees. Just know that anything is possible, and it all starts with you. Again, my motto, if it's to be, it's up to me. And you really have to look inside and say, what really makes me happy? Because we're only here for so long. The race only lasts so long. As you start to get to the the final laps, really focus your energy on what makes you happy. Absolutely. And I think through doing that, you can drive off into the sunset and feel good about what you have achieved in life. And for those of you who didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, (laughs) I have the ideal gift for you. Oh, boy. And make her feel guilty, and you can have a slot mods track, too. Oh, there there you you go. go. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Slot Mods USA? The best thing to do is go to our website, www.slotmods.com. All right. And there we have information on tracks, a large portfolio section, tracks we built, information on contacting us, and let us you know, create an ultimate raceway for you. Ah, fantastic. And I'll make sure I also link the uh, Painting Coconut video we keep referring to on there so our listeners can watch that as well. Well, listeners, you can find everything that we've talked about today here on Cars Yeah with David at davidabidi at carsyeah.com. Just put David in the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with all those links that you need. David, thanks again for taking some time out today and being so generous with me and sharing your expertise with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Cars, yeah. (laughs) There you go. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.